And so the combination between groups that have 1031 exchange and or groups that have capital from 2020 and 2021, that basically doubled or tripled the amount of offers that you have on every deal. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science, but it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it, and this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world, actually, invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives, and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and invest in with me, visit www.bluelake-capital.com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of High Achiever Series within Ready to Scale Podcast. I'm Ellie Perlman, your host broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. And today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the state of the market. I'm going to go over the state of the market for Q3 of 2021 as a sponsor, syndicator, owner and operator of multifamily properties throughout the U.S. I'm here to share with you what I see in the market, what I experience both as a buyer and a seller. And I can tell you right off the bat that things are getting hotter. So I want to start with acquisitions and dispositions and then move to asset management. So when I'm talking about acquisitions, as I mentioned before, the market is hot. And what I mean by that is that real estate prices are going up. And that also means that cap rates have compressed in recent months. And sometimes it looks like they have been compressing on almost a weekly basis. Right now, when we're looking at... 1980 vintage all the way to 2010, maybe slightly newer than that, we find assets that are on the market for anywhere between 3% cap rates to 4.5% cap rates. And these were cap rates that we used to see in New York, San Francisco, LA. These are core markets cap rates. And so right now, because the basically markets, especially in the Southeast and in the South of the US, there's a movement of people and jobs to those locations, they attract a lot of people and a lot of businesses. And so the desirability is increasing, the demand is increasing, and that basically puts pressure on cap rates. So we really see lower cap rates and real estate prices have gone up significantly. And so that's what I mean by the heat of the market is felt very strongly. So as a seller, I can tell you that we feel it as well. We just, you know, several months ago, we sold two assets and we got a really good price for it. And so the challenge of a buyer in today's market is how do you not overpay? And the challenge of a seller, should you sell it, 
because now income keeps, you know, growing. And so the market is hot. There's a lot of the huge demand for multifamily, especially in the Southeast, Texas, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, even Arizona, those markets are on fire. On the other hand, you have the debt side. And I know we don't like to talk about debt, but debt, it's still competitive. We're talking about interest rates between 2.8% to 3.5%. And many lenders are really hungry. There's a lot of money out there that needs to be deployed on the debt side. And so many lenders are willing to offer four to seven years or more four to six years of interest only. So that is pretty much enticing a lot of buyers to take those loans. But I would say that you have to be careful if you're buying an asset at a 3% cap rate and your debt is at 3.5% interest rate, it's very hard to make money this way. So there's always that gap between, you need to keep a healthy gap between interest rate and the cap rates. So as I mentioned, there's a lot of a lot of lenders out there that are hungry to finance deals. And there's a lot of competition. A lot of lenders are looking at deals and really wanting to get the deal. So there's a lot of options out there if you're a buyer in the market and you're looking to purchase an asset. Now, when it comes to the competitiveness of the market, it's something that is kind of unprecedented. So we see tens of offers for every deal. So we're offering deals, we're looking at 50 to 150 million. And I was not used to see 20, 25 offers on an $80 million deal. It was usually six to maybe 10 on a very competitive market or very competitive asset. And right now, the amount of offers almost doubled and sometimes even tripled. And the reason, I think there are two main reasons for why that happened. One is you have a lot of 1031 exchange buyers that decided to sell their asset and use the advantage of a 1031 exchange, which is basically you have a specific time where once you sell an asset, you need to, you have 45 days to identify the next investment property and then 180 days from the sale to complete the transaction And because of all the talks about potentially canceling 1031 exchange or changing it, a lot of owners, a lot of property owners basically decided to go ahead and try and take advantage of the 1031 exchange as long as it's here. So we have a lot more 1031 exchange deals in the market. The second reason is that there's still a lot of, you know, undeployed capital from all those institutional and large corporations that have not bought anything in 2020 and have been struggling to find a deal in 2021, we got to remember right now it's, you know, Q3 of 2021 is over and some of them were not able to deploy all the capital from this year and last year. So there's a lot of pressure on those groups to find deals. So when they're looking at deals and underwriting them, some groups prefer to get 4 to 5% cash on cash, which is, you know, on the low side. So they're able to basically offer a much higher price than other groups that need higher cash flow. Because in their view, 4% cash on cash is better than zero. And they need those deals to survive or to make more money. And so the combination between groups that have 1031 exchange and or groups that have capital from 2020 and 2021, that basically doubled or tripled the amount 
of offers that you have on every deal. And so I, and I get this question a lot. How do you find deals in such a competitive market without overpaying? And I think that for every group, for every sponsor, they have some advantage that others don't. So for instance, one group's advantage could be that they can buy cash and finance after closing. So that makes them very attractive to a seller. Another group can close within 30 days and they don't need 60 or 90 days to close. Another group is willing to put $3 million hard money, non-refundable deposit, and that helps them get the deal. So on every deal, you got to find, and generally speaking, you got to find what makes you unique that others don't have or are not willing to do and shine around that area. And that's what's going to help you get deals. I can share with you that we had a deal close to $100 million and we were able to close it in less than a month and a half. And so this is something that many groups, when they heard that timeline, the tight timeline, they said, we want this deal, but it's too tight for us. We can't close a deal in, you know, in less than two or three months. So that's how we were able to shine because that's one of our benefits or advantages of working with us is that we can close very quickly. So that's, you know, one advice that I can give you if you're looking to understand how you or your sponsors can actually close deals. So that's what's going on on the acquisition side, hot market, debt is competitive. And every deal is very competitive because you have tens of offers for every deal. A lot of capital is chasing deals right now. On the asset management side, I actually want to start not with giving you a rosy picture because in real estate, there's always ups and downs. The one thing that owners in the multifamily market have been struggling with is delinquency. And delinquency is basically late rent. And that number has been increasing even though there's available local programs that can pay sometimes the landlords directly if the tenants are eligible and cannot pay the full rent, some tenants are not eligible to get those programs. Some of them don't know about them. So a good sponsor, an operator knows to guide their team to be proactive and search for the local programs and then knock on doors and work with each and every tenant that is late to pay on the program that works for them. And, you know, even they can bring the document to their doorstep, just sign here and here and here, and we'll file it for you so we can get the check for the rent that you're late to pay. In addition, eviction moratorium that has been extended is not helping because it doesn't really incentivize tenants to pay the rent because they know they're protected from eviction. However, there's still some counties in Georgia, for instance, that are evicting, even though the eviction moratorium is in full force and effect, there are courts that are still processing those evictions. And sometimes when you file for an eviction, even if you know you cannot get it, that motivates some tenants to actually show up and pay at least some of the rent. So that's what's going on with delinquencies. And it's more about managing that and making sure you're doing extra screening for new tenants to make sure that they are able to pay. And then on the other hand, occupancy has remained strong across the board. So with multifamily, you know, we have more and more demand for our assets. And this is also an industry wise statement that that's basically for the entire asset class of, of multifamily. One of the reason is that it's becoming harder to buy 
homes. It's becoming harder to buy homes as uh, groups like Blackstone is purchasing a company that owns thousands of single family homes and they're professionals. So the rents are going to be at the top of the market because they know how to do what they do. And it's not a mom and pop or some individual that can guesstimate the rent. So a lot of rents for homes are not at reach for many tenants. And then there's also much fewer deals than in any other year for some homeowners to purchase. So a lot of people who would want to buy a house, they cannot afford it because single family home prices have gone up or they cannot find it because there are not as many deals out there or they don't want to buy a house because they don't want to get into a bidding war and overpay for a house that they like. So all those reasons really push people to actually go and rent an apartment. And those are mainly class B and class A. Many, many tenants for class C, and I know it's a blanket statement, it's not always true, but many tenants that go to class C and D assets are many times unable to even think about, you know, buying a house. So I'm not sure what's going on in C and D in terms of the demand, but because this is not where I operate, but I can tell you with B assets and also with A assets, there's stronger demand and occupancy remains high. So that's it for today. This is the state of the market of multifamily in Q3 of 2021. Very hard market, strong occupancy, and some delinquencies that the market has been dealing with. But generally speaking, multifamily has remained a very stable and a very, very solid investment vehicle with positive cash flow as debt is also very competitive. That's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward, and I'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.